This podcast is proudly sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, a Catholic fraternal benefit society dedicated to helping members achieve financial security through life insurance while supporting the Catholic community through fraternal outreach. Hey, so I was thinking, how come we don't have like music at the beginning of our podcast? Like a lot of the cool podcasts, they have, <laughs> they have like music. Yeah, I mean, like something I mean, like, but isn't it kind of ironic? I mean... Both you <laughs> and I are published musicians. <laughs> like, there's songs that we've written floating around the, the ether web, huh. and we don't have any. Huh. Well, yes. If you would ask me, I think it. We should have one of your songs. I probably would have said that seems a little self-serving, but okay. <laughs> um, I don't. I'll tell you. It seems a little bit like. Elevator music. Anytime I've heard it in podcasts, <laughs> and it feels more radio now. Oh, so wait, a, we're cooler, so because we don't have. Yes, fun? what I'm saying is, it makes us cooler. <laughs> to it, not, sounds, it sounds like you just are being lazy and don't want to put the work in. <laughs> I could, you know, maybe like an outro so people know that we're coming to a close. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, thank God they're almost. If done. there was, if there was some incredible like Saint Augustine music. Something that just reminded us instantly of St. Augustine that was oh, not yeah. terribly off-putting to people that might be new to whatever we're talking about. There's I would that, be all for uh, it. Matt Mars got that um, that one St. Augustine song. Um, that, guy, that guy is an enigma to me. He has been completely welcomed into the Protestant evangelical world and is totally Catholic. And like most people don't even yeah. know that. Yeah. His, I actually think his wife is evangelical. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't uh, I don't know what song you're talking about. I do. There was a uh, oh, beautiful beautiful one by uh, Audrey Assad. Um Fortunate Fall. Hmm. And it was just the um fortunate fall that that uh gave for us our redeemer. Um that Augustine that's like half of that Augustine line. It was just beautiful. She would just repeat that over and over again. Uh but I don't know if that'd be appropriate either. Well, we can um Vote. We hey, can. if you, uh, you know what we'll do? We should put up a poll. <laughs> I can put up a poll on this one. All right. And uh, if you guys want intro and outro music, <laughs> you, should, you should let us know. Where do they go to vote? Maybe maybe people would take us more seriously. These guys aren't professional. They don't even have intro music. They don't even have intro music. <laughs> I'll think about it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking about Matt Marr, not Matt Marr in particular, but like Catholic and Protestant just basically what we usually talk about yes. because I'm Catholic and you I was. were Protestant. Um, but I was I, had a, I was thinking the other day, and I think this has a lot of implications. But when we talk about the faith or faith, what do we, what do we mean by that? What do, what do I mean by faith? What do most people think of faith? You have faith formation, and uh, I I have faith. In Jesus, and I believe in. You know, it's like, huh. what, do, what do we mean by that? Words matter. I have learned as a Catholic that uh, words, clarity over words, is very important. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, what do you what do you think? Average average Joe and the average average Joe Catholic or, or average Joe Joe Christian? Ooh, um, it depends on which denomination you're talking about. But uh, and I'll be I will be super charitable here and trying to think back to myself. But if someone had asked me what is faith, I probably would have, would have quoted scripture, um, the unseen, hoping, right? And in the unseen, what we can't see um, or know. 
I probably just would have quoted that verse and that would have been enough. And this this sort of profession of faith in Jesus. You have to have faith that he's the son of God and rose mm-hmm. from the dead. And then as a Catholic, like in seminary is drilled into us, faith is an act of the intellect assenting to divine truth, so moved by the will under the dominion of God. Ooh, whoa, see, that's a very clear definition. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but but even, even those, you know, and then you get, well, you know, St. Paul, we are saved by faith. And then you get St. James. We're saved by faith, by by works, and not by faith. Or uh, we're not saved by faith alone. Right. Excuse yeah. Yes. So yeah. So there's all, all sorts of. So even even like okay, what in what way does faith save me? Now we have. So for instance, we have the content of the faith. I mean, we talked about that in past podcasts. The deposit of faith. So all the all the stuff, all the you know, like think of. It's not necessarily you know perfect example, but the catechism, like I have all the stuff, I have all the stuff in the catechism memorized. I know the faith. I have the faith. It's in my brain. Right. Does that save me? Mm-hmm. No. Why not? Because I thought faith saves. Doesn't faith save us? That's very good. That's a very good gotcha in there. <laughs> I have all the faith. Well, it's not enough. Knowing, I know, doesn't necessarily make up the completeness of faith. So, yeah, I mean, see, you see, it's a, it's a, it's a conundrum, right? But what? So, what part of like? Okay, I, I believe, I believe, I believe. But what? What do I believe? Yeah. What do you have to believe? What belief is salvific? Ooh. Because right, I think because this is I think this is where Protestants would typically go. Like, well, you have to believe that Jesus. Is Lord and He died for your sins. Yeah, once for all. Right. Right. Do I have to believe anything else? I mean, that—that's where the arguments start. Correct. Like, well, yes, you actually have to also believe this. The Trinity. The Trinity, and you have to believe um, baptism. Some would say baptism. You, right. You might you might throw baptism in there. Um, yeah. So then you start the list of things you have to believe. Like, do I have to believe every book in the Bible? Ooh. Uh. Where does it say that? Or just, do I just have to believe Romans and the Gospels? Right. Um, certainly got to believe everything that Jesus said, but do I have to believe everything St. Paul said? Yeah. Do I have to believe everything that St. James said? Yeah. Um, that's, that's, where it gets, that's where it gets dicey. Very dicey. And then I think on, on the other side, the Catholics, you know, we have these long catechisms and um, document, big big fat books of like dogma throughout the centuries and you have to actually believe all of it. Yeah. So does that mean I have to read all of those books and know every single, like, yes, yes, it does. That's That's what I've been doing for the last three years. (laughs) I'm going to get there. (laughs) Actually, Jeremy is still only in his, like his, uh, his neophyte phase. He's not quite fully Catholic yet. He still has 14 more volumes of Thomas to get through. That's right. I I had a goal of getting through the Summa before I die. That's my goal. I might do the Summa of the Summa. Oh, that's, that's doable. It's like 250 pages. It's a little more. Every, every, everything I knew as a Protestant in terms of that was always bite-sized chunks, five minute, five minute history, five minute this, five minute that. Like, I don't, I want, I want as much as I can consume before I die without, 
you know, ignoring other responsibilities in my life. But the Sumas pretty tough. And it's, I mean, it's a, and it's a great spot to go for the faith and understanding it and intellectualizing it. And it's, it's awesome. It's beautiful. Um, but you can get to heaven without reading the Summa. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. You know, but I, I mean, this is, I've been, I just, I've been wrestling with this, you know, so I, I think that in its essence, you have, okay, you have the content of faith and you have your personal act of faith. I'm, I'm assenting to the faith. So as Catholics, we hold both of those. You need, you need both of those. We have, we have the faith and I will never know all of the faith. It, there's, there's so much that I, I couldn't possibly uh, have, have read everything. I mean, this is what this podcast is all about. Like, yeah. hey, I learned something new the other day. I've been <laughs> Catholic right. for 40 years. This is a great plug for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, then, but then we have our, our act of faith. And this is where we all have known people who have fallen away from the faith yep. is how we say it. Like, oh, they yep. left. They left the faith. They fell away, um, because they either didn't have a, an act of faith, or they stopped making that act of faith. Huh. They stopped believing, and and that's actually the that when we say faith saves, it's that it's that I've I believe Jesus, I believe. He's the son of God. I believe that he has the words of eternal life. And because I believe that, I'm going to act in a certain way. And, and part of that way of acting might mean that I'm, I'm reading books and I'm learning and I'm growing and uh, learning to understand the faith right. more. Um, but, but it's not, it's not the, that's not the first, that's not the first thing. And I think that I think that a lot of the the modern debate about faith formation hinges right here. Huh? Yeah, there's a lot of struggle in the parishes all over the country with proper faith formation. I, I had I had this discussion back in 2020 with some some folks. I was briefly doing uh, confirmation classes in COVID outside, and it was just it didn't work. Um, that's why it was brief, but I I lamented to a, a a gal that we're catechizing these young people who have not been evangelized. Yes, I'm teaching them the faith, but they, they don't have, not have professed faith. faith. Yes, this makes zero sense to None. me. None. <laughs> I don't under why am I? Why should they? So I went about it briefly, um, trying to do both at the same time. I felt like. Um, Blessed Fulton Sheen did that really well. Venerable Fulton Sheen. I mm-hmm. call him blessed. He's venerable, right? Yeah. We had that conversation. Venerable Fulton Sheen did that very well. He was he was evangelizing while he catechized. It can be done. Um, but that didn't make any sense to me. And I think, I think that really touches on what we're talking about, which is there's the faith and there's my own faith. And the faith cannot be followed until my faith has been professed, whether I know everything or not. And we see that on the thief on the cross, the Roman mm-hmm. centurion. I don't know how he's doing it, but I definitely believe he can do it. And I just have to ask him. Right. Right. That's a powerful faith that, that Christ always publicly honored as being like, whoa, you see this, this, this woman's faith, there's nothing like it in Israel. This man's faith, there's nothing like it. The thief on the cross is awarded with eternal life. 
for profession of faith, knowing nothing, no baptism. Right, right. Just, pr- just professing that that faith. And I think it's interesting. You could you could probably compare Protestantism and Catholicism, contrast them rather, as Protestantism being a lot of heart, but maybe not a lot of head, hmm. and Catholicism being maybe a lot of head, but not a lot of heart. Yeah. And and the synthesis of the two is where we want to land. And I, I'm just thinking of Christ's words in the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mm-hmm. with all your soul, yeah. with all your mind, yeah. and with all your strength. Yeah. And I have been trying over the last three years to really unpack that, because when I became Catholic, I only acknowledged, I just don't think I've loved him with all of my mind. Hmm. And that's why I'm Catholic now. Now, I'm, what I'm not saying is Protestants are stupid Mm-hmm. and don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's not the implication. There are definitely Protestant schools and seminaries, and if you throw in Anglicans and, and uh, you know, Lutherans um, and some of the more high church Episcopalians into that mix, there's some depth of theology there. Um, what I mean by a lot of heart and not a lot of mind is there's a lot of focus on the feelings and expressions and experience, but not much on the theological side of the why and... And uh, that you talked about before, you know, well, I believe this, but what else do I have to believe and why? Um, and what you find on the, the Catholic side is a lot of that, well, all of the deep theology and all of these deep thinkers. Um, and But maybe not often in the sort of day-to-day devout uh, Catholic living, maybe not a lot of the heart and the emotions, which is why it's been such a struggle to find groups of people that like just want to sing, you know, mm. like we did a, yeah. worship, we did a worship night uh, like a year ago and uh, uh, it was just a free for all. It was mostly Protestants that came and it was a beautiful night, you know, but, but for a Catholic to like lift their hands and like sway back and forth and cry while they're singing a song. And it was primarily almost all Protestant songs that I was singing because I liked them. They were beautiful. They're great songs. But there to me was that great contrast. If he actually, if he asked a group of Protestants to sit down and just study, you know, Aquinas for an hour, right. well, it's not an insult to them. It's just not an interest because it's not really fostered in that community. And I think part of that is just the, the Reformation just sort of severing everything and taking a lot of those people that maybe are naturally gifted in that way yeah, yeah. And, and severing them. But I appreciate that great commandment there from, from Christ, I think, is this prescription for our faith. Of course, it's in love. Paul breaks that down in 1 Corinthians 13 so well. But here the Lord tells us that loving God requires our heart, our soul, which are different, how do I love God with my heart? And how do I love him with my soul? Well, I don't know, but I like to spend the rest of my life trying to know. I, I think I can know how to love him with all of my mind. I think that involves more than just reading scripture. I think that involves asking questions and really digging into my faith. Mm, I think mm. I can understand loving with my strength, which is my day-to-day physical energy. Mm, um, mm. And even even uh, in, in martyrdom or, or uh, in, in offering my sufferings, right? I can love him through that. But the, the heart and the soul to me are like, well, what is that? And, and there I think we might find something of faith, which is this sort of ethereal thing, because I can't reach out and grab faith. I could demonstrate it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, and that, yeah, that's exactly why it's so hard to pin down, right? Like mind, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up a book, right? My, 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 uh, my faith, my, my heart, like... 
I love, I love you, God. Um, <laughs> My soul belongs to you. I'm speaking that. Yeah, out there, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this, this, this is, this is the issue in, yeah, faith formation as it's been done in, in the Catholic Church for the last two generations has been primarily uh, an intellectual classroom exercise. Yeah. So faith formation classes. Go and sit in a classroom after you've been in school all day, mind you, for another two hours and have somebody who probably doesn't know anything about the faith themselves. Yeah. Hence the need for the resources and books (laughs) that they're teaching. And like, they're going to, you know, like, and so because they don't know, we're going to do crafts or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you're, you're killing me, you know, like, so even, even, so, I mean. I can't remember if we talked about it in this podcast or if I mentioned it elsewhere, but Steve Ray was my eighth grade CCD teacher. <laughs> this is so crazy, <laughs> you know. And like one of the one of the best Catholic teachers and apologists in the country who's living today, he was my CCD teacher. I didn't care. Huh. I didn't care at all. I'm going to send him this episode. Yes, I, I think I, I think I told him this. <laughs> okay, him good. Or maybe his son told him on my behalf. Oh yeah, father said he didn't get anything out of your eighth grade CCD class. <laughs> knowing Steve, <laughs> knowing Steve, that would have probably haunted him for a couple of days. That's very interesting, though. So, so, so it's it's like because I didn't care, I didn't actually learn anything. There it is. So, like the content of the faith is actually, in a certain sense, useless to me um, before I have faith, and this is why early church. I mean, the apostles and um, the early church fathers, they didn't go around. I mean, they don't have, they don't even have the Bible yet. They have some letters floating around, you know, uh, the gospel that they were telling people, but they didn't go around saying, okay, so I got to tell you about the Holy Trinity. So you see, you have God. It's like, and it's like water and ice. The son, and... <laughs> no, they definitely, said, the son coexisted with the father from all eternity. They're actually consubstantial, we would say. And so that means, because already they're like glazed over, yeah, like, uh, uh, I don't concept know. Concept what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. All they said was like, hey, God loves you and he made you. And this world is full of sadness and pain and death, but he came to save you from that. Mm. And all you have to do is say yes. Ooh, that sounds very Protestant right there. Uh, but that's like that's <laughs> now <laughs> after after that, then it was then it was like the real catechesis. But I catechize you now because now you care. Yeah. Wait, wait, he died for me? Yeah, yeah. for you. Wait, like so he can take away all my sins? Yeah, gone. Yeah. Wait, so he you said he died on a cross? Yeah. Yeah, really, really painful. And he was thinking about you when he was on the cross. He was thinking about me? Because he was God. And he, he was God. So he was God and he was man? Yeah. Pretty trippy, right? Yeah. The faith yeah. is what... That that caring is what draws us into what to know. Right. Yeah. And then then I'm like like tell me tell me more tell me more. We started our we started the whole podcast out with that that um, book the robe and that was the thing. He had this encounter with Jesus on the cross and then he didn't have faith yet, but he was like there was something he cared. He's like there was something about that guy, 
something about that guy and I need to find out. Yeah. And as his faith is is growing, we can we can say that. It's like he doesn't he wouldn't say he believes yet, but he, he wants to, and that's the seed of faith growing and he's asking more. He wants to know more. And actually some of the apostles and followers of Jesus wouldn't tell him certain things until he was he was ready. It's like, no, you're not you're not ready for that. If I tell you this, they wouldn't even tell I think I think they wouldn't even tell him about the resurrection because like he's not gonna he's not ready for this. He doesn't believe this yet. Yeah. Until he has faith, yeah. there's certain things I can't say. But we've gone we've gone about it all backwards, like, hey, here you have to know all this stuff before you believe and before you even care. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you hit the word care is very interesting. We go back to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Where did Jesus say later on? Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So to love him with all our heart, um, how do we, what is our treasure? Jesus told us where our heart is, it's where our treasures are. And so when we begin to treasure Christ, which is something that's very hard for anyone to explain who's experienced that, who treasures Christ. Protestant or Catholic, he treasures Christ. There I'm loving him with my heart because he's my treasure. Where my, and what is a treasure? It's where I spend my time, where I spend my money. Those are the things that, that I treasure, right? We talked about tithe. When I tithe, I show him he's a treasure. When I pray and I read my Bible and I go to mass and I just take that time to meditate and contemplate, I'm giving him my time because he's my treasure and he has my heart, mm-hmm. right? So there I can love him with my heart and, and you care. And I've seen this time and time again. I mean, I was a, before I became Catholic, I was a traveling evangelist. I'd still be doing it in some capacity without... COVID in the way, but I digress. The Lord has other plans. But to watch a person go from caring to not caring. I remember once I was at a prison in Kansas and I did, they had this old auditorium and they told me when I got there, Johnny Cash performed in the, performed no this auditorium. And, and when I walked in, I was like, you bet he did because it was so old. <laughs> and um, it was a terrible sound system. I, I realized after then I got to start bringing my own sound system. But there was a, a great crowd and a great response. And afterwards, the, um, the guy- Did you Johnny Cash songs? I did not, because that's just <laughs> stupid. I have, a, I have a rule, okay? Don't cover Whitney Houston songs and that's don't cover Johnny Cash songs. Just don't, okay? Because anytime you do that, people are going to go, oh, I'm just thinking of the Whitney Houston version and you're not as good. <laughs> I don't want you thinking about somebody else when I'm doing this song, right? Unless it's just an obscure song you've never heard of, right? Um, this is why Buckley's cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah was so profound because it was so different and it was so haunting. And now everybody wants to cover Buckley's version. So just don't, just, <laughs> just stop covering a Hallelujah, anything by Johnny Cash and anything by Whitney Houston. Okay, there you go. back to the, so we play this concert and the guy that was doing the prison ministry there, their chaplain, asked if I would come and sit with uh, a group of their kind of inner circle Bible study guys and just talk. And I said, sure. And so we sat down. We had a great time. Now, they, they, all they had was like Doritos and cookies and fruit punch. And they were waiting on me hand and foot. They just kept bringing me. Now, I was in a period where I was trying not to eat a lot of that stuff. But, and there I was like, what, I'll eat as many cookies as you guys give me. They were so excited. <laughs> to be there. But there was one guy that kept sneaking up kind of to the table and like trying to reach over and refill my fruit punch without like blocking my view of anybody else. And he had this enormous smile on his face. And I thought for sure, this is probably one of their like key core guys in their little group. And I got a letter a week later from 
this guy. And he said, I don't know if you remember me, but I was the guy that kept giving you fruit punch. <laughs> he said, um, I was, up until the day you came and sang and shared the gospel, I was a, a witch. <laughs> I was a practicing Wiccan. And then you sang this one song of yours called In Their Absence. And I, I was in the very back of the auditorium. I was bawling my eyes out. Oh, wow. So I just wanted you to know that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was a guy coming and giving me fruit punch with a massive smile on his face. I would have had no idea. But there is a person that went from hate, really hating God to really caring. And I, and I may not have seen him before, but I got to see him after. I went to the prison actually a year later. I got to give him a hug and see him again. And he was still following the Lord. But, but that to me is like, it's just so critical. Hmm. The thief mm-hmm. on the cross did not have time to be catechized. But it was, of course, he was next to the Lord. Yeah, right, right. You know, he was right next to our Lord and he was dying. But he had not seen anything. Maybe he'd heard. Yeah, but but that's I mean that's actually a good example. It's like I mean every every conversion in the in the Bible it wasn't it wasn't uh, like hey let me tell you uh, it's like wow that that man just forgave a bunch of people who are crucifying him oh that man just raised that dude from the dead yeah well that 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 guy that guy just got stoned for uh, in a, because he believed in this this Jesus guy yeah I want to know more about this right Jesus guy. you think even about the disciples. There's just something about him. I don't know what he's going to say, but he asked me to follow him. I got to do it. Yeah. I don't know why, but I got to do it. Yeah. That's, to me, that's faith. That's right. sort of that blind leap. And and I I wonder, I mean, because it's not like, um, you know, if Protestants err on the one side and Catholics err on the other side, uh it's it's not like I mean, because it's an heir either way. Right. It's not like Protestant young people are you know uh, aren't also leaving the church in droves. Correct. Right. Correct. It's, it's, it's problem across the country. Right. Same 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 rates. Um, but I think that there's um, yeah. So so if 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 the Protestants need to have like yeah you need to you need to activate your faith you know have an encounter with Christ and then here and now let's let's grow let's let's learn here's here's what we have you know here's some substance now here usually you know there's there's not a lot of substance like no that's it like we kind of duplicate like okay let's have an I need another Jesus moment yeah like, no actually now you need to now you need stop to, drinking milk right and yeah. have some vegetables right. And some meat, and if 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 in the Catholic world we've been force feeding the vegetables too soon, <laughs> like I don't I don't want this. I'm not I'm not ready for this. I don't care about this. I just want. It's a great analogy. You know, like, eat so, your vegetables. We need to we need to work on the encounter, and then when the the person is ready to to grow in their faith, um, I mean, there's there's tons of resources yeah. available, and you see that all through Christ's life, people's lives were changed. When they had an encounter, an encounter, the encounter. We, when we did the scrutiny passions at Open Window Theater Lent last year, that we did the, the scrutiny gospels. I didn't even know about these things. Most Catholics don't know what the scrutiny gospels are. Of course, Jeremy Stanbury knew. He did a whole play about it. Um, but it was beautiful watching each of these people have an encounter with Christ, living this encounter and there's no faith until there is an encounter, right? Now, you might be able to sit with an atheist, an intellectual atheist, and, and argue your way into an encounter. I don't think that happens very often. I get there are people that just need 
more. But this, it is this encounter that draws us into faith. And then it's this lifelong journey, adventure rather, of unraveling the mystery, which takes faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the adventure. I didn't understand adventure. I didn't have... I certainly believed the life of a Christian was exciting, but only if you were like, you know, in a war-torn country or a martyr. But the the adventure, I learned of the adventure through G.K. Chesterton, the embrace of this journey of knowing God. Mm. That's mm. the, aside from the, of course, the hardships in the growth and uh, persecution and our own mistakes, in between all of that, as we pursue pursue the one that we love, we're, we end up a part of this great adventure knowing, and this is why I couldn't stop me. I started reading, it was Steve Ray's book was the first, Crossing the Tiber. Oh, I was yeah. thrust into this world of history that I had no idea existed. That big abyss between the death of John the Revelator and the birth of Billy Graham that I talk about all the time was this, wow, like more stuff happened. The disciples had disciples. And the second book I read was G.K. Chesterton's Everlasting Man, which was the philoso- fill in the philosophical gap. Mm-hmm. Why Christ and his church has survived when all these other ideas and ideologies have failed. And that launched me into just this great adventure because we talked about this too. It's like traveling through time. Yeah. I find my faith in other men and women. This is why even Protestants, they might not call them saints, but we had men and women that we looked up to, whether it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Jim Elliott or Elizabeth Elliott or D.L. Moody or, and I'm running out, uh, Billy Graham, who was, you know, alive, uh, uh, may he rest in peace. Um, we had heroes of the faith and we recognized in them this great adventure, but usually there was some terrible death or imprisonment or something that we saw as like the adventure part and, mm. and the courage part. But, but the adventure of unpacking our faith by learning the faith is, is where we can move out of like just blind believing, which is a great place to start and all that's really required into like the fullness and the richness of knowing the faith and belonging yeah. to the faith. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't understand before. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's both. It's both, and the more we, the more we know, the more we want to know. But until we want to know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So want it, Lord. Let us want it. Let uh, us yeah. pray. Yeah. Give to us encounters. Help to, me to want yeah. it. Help. Help my unbelief. Is it's a great prayer, Lord? I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. Because we all still have that even today. Yeah. Oh, help us, Lord. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you, uh, Father, as always, for another great conversation. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. At Catholic Order of Foresters, we're committed to bringing Catholic values to life and financially protecting Catholic families right here in Minnesota. Our members enjoy benefits like scholarship eligibility and peace of mind knowing their family is secure, even if something happens to them. Each year, thousands join us to support people in need through our Feeding God's Children events spirituality tap-ins, and mission trips. Wouldn't you love to be a part of an organization that embodies your Catholic values? Find out how you can be a part of Catholic Order of Foresters by calling General Agent Brian Markiton at 763-658-4009. That's Brian at 763-658-4009.